You're locked into Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast with your hosts, EZD, Derek Jaws, T-Wave, Taylor Sekaterski, Bold Claim, Ben Yelich, Big Diesel, Nick Yelich, and Austin Kelm, the Statman. Hats, Tats, and Stats podcast is part of the BICBP radio network. Check us out online, www.bicbp-radio.com. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of Hats, Tats, and Stats. I am EZD. Joining me back from the bowels of parenthood, <laughs> bowels being a joke about the fact that babies poop, the stat dad, stat man, Austin Kelm. What's up, buddy? What's going on, buddy? I- I'll tell you what, growing the next generation of sports fans is not easy. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out they like need you and stuff like all the time. Like who knew I, you know? Yeah. It's, uh, you know, being a parent. Do it. It'll be fun. They said, yeah, right. I will listen. I don't think either one of us are going to argue the fact that <laughs> it's like having kids has to be fun, right? To some extent, there's got to be some fun to it or people wouldn't do it. Oh, it's, 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 it's highs and lows. You know what I mean? When you're covered in like spit up or poop or something and you're going, I hate myself. Why did I do this? This was stupid. My life was so good before. And then they smile at you and you're like, oh my God, he's totally horrible. And you're like, well, that makes it all worth it. So it's one of those. Well, and then eventually they're going to get into the whole sports thing on their own and, you know, go, go that road. And right. Then I can be, be one of those dads that just screams at them from the benches and yells at umpires like, yeah, or, and hear me out. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. can be the dad with something in his Yeti in right field and I'll coach the kid. I mean, I'm not seeing a negative <laughs> to what we got going on here. Like, yeah, I'll just make sure there's a Yeti waiting for me after the game. Sure. Drink only the Gatorades with the red X's on the lid. Just throwing that information out there. Right. Right. Uh, so it is episode 127 of Hats, Tats, and Stats. Uh, the boys from the Dirty Elf, the, I believe it's Beers, Barbells, and Bros. They, they're doing their thing now. Uh, bold claim men, they'll be back. They'll all be back in the fold randomly on the show, but uh, we are taking it back. We are bringing it back. And I've, I've got one of my co hosts with me, one of the guys that actually. You know, supposed to be doing this with me, and you know, I I needed to take some time off too. Coaching, fatherhood, all things getting in the way. Uh, but it was kind of a nice time to do it because you know that we're we're all big NFL guys. Uh, the Yelich brothers both like lacrosse, and they'll probably we'll probably bring them in to talk about the uh, the national lacrosse championships that they go to uh, this weekend, right? It's coming up this coming weekend. They'll be there, uh, and they'll be there. So like they'll be in person. So that'll be fun. Um. And, you know, what we're going to do is uh, we'll probably get them in to talk that we're going to, you know, muddle through our summer like we always do before we hit the ground running with the NFL, which uh, we're going to start with some bills talk. And I hate that I'm going to bring this up because I made a comment about it on Twitter that, you know, it's not worth talking about. Uh, But we're going to talk about how. (laughs) And yet here we are about uh, Stefan Diggs, not at OTAs. Color me shocked. And people are trying to make a huge deal of this. You know, oh, he's not a team guy. He doesn't care. He can't, he he participated in day one last year and didn't do anything the rest of the time. This is not a shock. These are optional team practices. These are optional camps. Like a lot of guys in the NFL don't go. No, I don't. Does. I don't think he needs any more reps with Josh Allen. Their no. chemistry is already there. I I don't think their chemistry is getting better than it is right now. Uh, you know, and people like, oh, he's, he's not, you need to stop being a baby and get to work. Did you not see the video of him and his brother going toe to toe in their backyard for fun? Uh, right. I mean, the dude's a pick artist, which means he's got to be decent in coverage, which means uh, like, 
imagine sort of. getting, yeah imagine getting, well, <laughs> it depends he, on the game yeah it's it's feast or famine it's pick six or he gives up the most yards in the nfl but either way imagine getting reps against an nfl caliber corner every day just for fun in your backyard with the boys like right and that's not not, not local colleges or like high school kids who you're training at their school or something like that it's yeah, or like your buddy who washed out of a of, of you know a small JUCO after one year, whatever. Like I mean, your brother who's an NFL player, um, at least one Pro Bowl, if not two, under his belt. I was gonna say, yeah, I think he's a Pro Bowler, possibly an All Pro at some point for the all the pick sixes last year. I don't know. Regardless, he's a upper half cor- uh, starting NFL corner, and you're getting reps against him. I don't really listen. This my man's gonna show up, and he's gonna show up ready to play. I mean, I agree. I, I think I would have more of an issue if, like, Josh Allen didn't show up. Or, I mean, you know what I mean? It's, you know, we we got, you know, and it's not like he's holding out. There's been no, like, oh, I'm holding out for more money. I'm holding out for a trade. Uh, none of those things are things that would make sense or happen. Well, he's going to be making all the money. Oh, yeah. And, and really, I'm not sure how we're going <laughs> to. I got to hope the salary cap keeps going up. Because his numbers over, like, the next three years of his 29, 30, 31, and 32-year-old years are like upwards of 23, 25, 30 million. Like, it's crazy because we did that whole, oh, kick the can down the road. Well, you lower it now, and it goes up later. Okay, but eventually you have to pay that guy. Like, Well, yeah, eventually you're going to pay him. You're going to restructure it mostly to signing bonuses and straight-up cash. To lower the to lower the cap hit, and Bean's going to do it like he's been doing it for every year for the next, you know, for the last four or five years. He's going to do it every year until either the salary cap lowers to a point that we're like, shit, now we can't do that, or they make a rule against it. I don't think they're going to do either of those things. I don't think they're going to find a way to pay people less money because it's the NFL, and at some point, you want talented players on teams so they got to be able to pay them so well i guess i guess my issue with it was and actually i had a conversation with a coworker of mine um that he didn't seem to have a real issue with it and i'm just looking at the the drop off at the age of receiver is usually 30 31 somewhere in there like the floorboards drop out and it doesn't matter how good you are the guys who like maintained beyond that like you can count them on one hand like Larry Fitzgerald was good and you know what I mean Randy Moss was serviceable for a hot second there TO was good into his early 30s but i don't know is Diggs that guy i mean i i think everybody would like to believe that he is but just statistically speaking the odds are probably not well it's the same you know thing I mean? like probably the, not uh, you know the the age of running back drop off the other, you know being on the wrong side of 26 as a running back right yeah it's the same concept you know and it's one of those things where you gave the dude the money and it wouldn't surprise me if there's not some type of like clause, some type of, you know, walk away, like Von Miller's contract mm-hmm. on paper, it looks terrible. But when you read the fine print, there's a three year cut clause, like a see your right, 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 right. The, the, the two years of the first, it's basically a two year contract. And then we have options to, yeah. After like, after year three, either side can be like, see ya. Right. And just be out of the contract. Like, and, and that's. You know, it'd be interesting to see if there's some type of rework. And if there's not, you got to think that, you know, again, we have to trust that Bean knows what he's doing. So far, so good. You know, we've been able to keep almost everyone we've wanted to keep, um, possibly even a few people we didn't. I, you know, I obviously losing Edmonds, we're both on different sides of that conversation. 
<laughs> whether or not he's worth it. I think he's going to be a monster in the midway. Uh, other people, not so much, but you know, that's neither here nor there, but I mean, the big pieces we've been able to keep, you know, we've been able to, 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 to push the cap down the road. We've been able to bring more people in, build the roster a little bit, despite what some people think we draft. Well, I mean, it's insane I'm, that, that people talk about how bad we draft. And I'm like, do we though? I mean, I don't know if he drafts poorly and I don't know that he drafts. Well, I look at it like it's such a crap shoot anyways. Like again, statistically speaking, only 50% of the entire first round hits. And what I mean by hit is like turns into a viable NFL starter. I mean, 16 out of 32. And then every round thereafter, it the percentage basically drops in half, which means only about eight of your second round picks, four of your third round pick, you know what I mean? And it just goes down. Like it's where you're turning into a viable NFL guy. Eventually those guys just become you're either you're being drafted as a backup, a depth option, a special teamer. Right. So I mean, I don't know. I don't think he's great. I don't think he's awful. I think he's an average GM as far as I mean, talent evaluation goes. I, I mean, just just looking through some of this, like Trey White, was that was no, that I, him or, or Whaley? Because I, I don't think it was. I think that was the year before McDermott was the head coach, but okay, I don't think that Bean was there. So so 2017 was all Doug Whaley, all, all been Whaley, but that right. was so that was under McDermott's watch. Sure. All right. So so Josh Allen was the big one. Josh that Allen was, was the big one, right? Uh, and then we, Edmonds. We disagree on Edmonds, but I mean, fine. So, as, as a, certainly a serviceable NFL player. Whether you think he's a stud or a bum, I mean, he's he, a starting bottom, middle linebacker. Bottom line: if he's number fifteen in the league, one hundred percent worth the pick. Not, right. He, not he, he's a hit. Round, yeah, not every first round pick is going to be the best ever. Correct. Right. But he's so yeah, a hit. Right. Uh, round three and eighteen was Dirty Harry, who was. A, I mean, a third round pick. He's a third round pick defensive tackle. He was a rotation piece for us. He's a he's been a big piece in Minnesota since he Minnesota. left. Like, I, I'd call that a win. Taron Johnson's a win in the fourth. And because that's the thing, too, like, oh, I, uh, Taron Johnson's not great. He's a fourth round pick. And he's a viable st- a rotation starter for us. Syrian Neal, fifth round. Another one. Again, special teamer, rota- I mean, rota- special teamer, rotational starter, depth piece, still on the roster. Uh, Wyatt Teller, fifth round pick, pissed we sent him somewhere else. Sucks for him that he's wasting his career in Cleveland, but still a great pick in the fifth. Um, not great that we didn't realize what we had and traded one of the best guards un- in football. <laughs> unfortunately, then that that was more like just condition of circumstance, really. Like at the time, we had an unknown rookie with potential versus established linemen and a need to move some things around. Sure. So like that sucks. It sucks that he was just a casualty of that, but I would have loved it. It's like the the few times he did get to play his rookie year. I really liked him. Mm -hmm. You know, I just, he, he was just kind of a too far down the depth chart at the time. And that one sucks. That one hurts. Uh, Ray, Ray McLeod in the sixth, I mean, nobody, okay. especially at, at this point, it's it's like whatever. If you found anybody in the sixth or the seventh, those guys are lucky to just make the roster. Right. And then uh, Austin Prohl in the seventh, he was cut after training camp. Which again Ed, happens. Ed Oliver, who is he Aaron Donald? No, but again, not everyone's going to be Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald was a once in a generation 
and see, and 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 therein lies my problem with it. This is what I call the Tyree Kill effect. Everyone drafts these little quick receivers, and they go, "Oh, Tyree Kill 2.0." Tyree Kill is a diamond in the rough, like once in a generation type of guy. Guys who are five foot ten, two hundred and five, but like don't usually, right turn into these studs. He just happens to be the fastest guy in all of football. I don't think that Flowers, that the guy that Baltimore just drafted, he's not going to be the next Tyreek Hill. The, the Chiefs tried doing that. Oh, they draft Merkel Hardman. He runs a 4-3, whatever. He's basically Tyreek Hill. Anybody? Nothing. Nothing. They cut him. They released him. They let him go on free agency. He's now in the Jets. I mean, it's just, he's, they keep doing this, and it keeps the failing. The difference is the speed along with the physicality. Sure. Yep. He's he's not a, he, like most of those dudes just try to run away from you. So if you do get a hand on him, he's going to go down. Tyreek Hill's not that guy. Tyreek Hill can run through an arm tackle if he needs to. Mm-hmm. And because he, he's going so damn fast, there's a lot of energy there. But, you know, at Oliver, I wouldn't consider Oliver a bust. I mean, ninth overall pick. But again, I, I, I think I think I think it's fair to say didn't live up to his draft capital. Whether sure. that means he's not a superstar or something like that. I think he's got I mean. He's been it's four years going into his fifth. I mean, he's got like less than 20 sacks in four or five years. I mean, it's really not. He doesn't get after the quarterback. He's not big enough to like eat up double teams. Well, and so that's that's where we start to talk about, you know, positional play and rotation. Sure. And this sure. is one of my big things personally with McDermott is, you know, you look at some of these guys and you say, OK, so we draft these guys. So we, you know, and we're going to get to other names on this list. And, you know, we get to these guys and you're like, okay, so what's the deal with this guy? Well, did, if Ed Oliver wasn't a rotational player and he was an every down player, would he be better? I mean, we talk about it as coaches all the time. You know, the idea of, um, sorry, I'm powering down my work computer. So, um, yeah, we talk about it all the time, you know, like play, there's no, there's no way to better to beat game reps. Our defensive line gets 50% snaps. I think it's less than that. I think every guy gets like, like, like you're top, like you're because top. we carry 10 guys and we rotate all 10 guys in. Yeah. You're, if, top if you figure that are near 50%, right? That so, everybody's fresh. Everyone get, you know what I mean? That's just that, that type of so thing that that's when, what we choose to do when they were all healthy last year, Von Miller, Groot and Ed Oliver were near a 50% share. Mm-hmm. And those are three out of three of our four starters. Oliver also spent his first three years playing out of position. They needed him to play a one tech because other people couldn't stay healthy. So like him and him and Harrison Phillips rotated at the one tech, depending upon the situation, in which case he was eating double teams. He's not supposed to be a one tech guy, but when, and it was my whole thing. It's almost like, you know, they told him, Hey, you're a little undersized. We need you to bulk up. And it almost would have been better suited to be like, actually, if you could lose 15 pounds, maybe you play more of a defensive end type of role and we might actually be better off. Because what we were lacking was pass rush anyhow. Right. And then you look at that and say, well, we, we took the exact opposite route with AJ Epinesa. And right. Said, hey, lose a few. And and I still like AJ, but that's another story. We'll get to him, I'm sure. Uh, second round in 19, Cody Ford. Bust. Swing and a mess. Yep. Swing and a mess. Uh, Devin Singletary, round three. Uh, Serviceable. Fine. That, that's where running backs nowadays get drafted. That's just where it's. You know, four years, five years, whatever it was, with averaging four plus yards a carry, if not more than that. I mean, dude, I found a team that doesn't run the football. I wish he would have went somewhere that, like, where he would have been on a team that was like not just rebuilding and just throwing running backs at the at the wall to see which one sticks. But I liked Dev. I thought he was a great running back one for us, and 
you know, the more options he the more chances he got, the better he got. But uh, I just think he, he's just not very dynamic. And, and in the modern NFL, you need to be some kind of playmaker. And I, I just don't know. He was shifty, and that's fine. But having the slowest 40 time of any running back in football, and that's like a actual weird stat that like he's runs like a four seven. Nobody even looks at if you run a four seven today, like in the draft, you don't even get drafted. Nobody even looks at you. Well, and the the funny part about that is still averaging like career wise four plus yards a carry. Oh, sure. I now I think on our offense, I think it's different when you have to pay attention to Allen, his throwing, his feet, um, you know what I mean, end arounds, McKenzie, all these other things that we were doing with our offense. Oh, I think holes opened up for him. Sure. I think I think there's a reason that he accepted a contract in Texas of like one year, two point five million dollars. Nobody wanted him to give him multiple years. Nobody gave him a ton of money. He didn't he making. And and that's again, running backs off their rookie deal. A lot mm-hmm. of people don't get people to give that money. And the ones that do are named Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. Take, take one. A couple of guys. I mean, not, not a ton of money, but David Montgomery got a halfway decent contract from the lions. Miles Sanders got a halfway decent contract from uh, Carolina. So, I mean, nobody's making Zeke money or, or maybe Saquon money. What we'll, we'll see, I guess. And I mean, Zeke's a perfect example. Got a big paycheck off that rookie deal. And not like, yep. uh, third round, Dawson Knox. I don't think anybody's going to call him a bust. You know, hadn't even heard of him. Third round pick. He's an everyday starter for us. I'd say that's a W. Uh, Vashon Joseph. Sure. Um, I mean, fifth round pick there. Not every fifth round pick can be. A Milano. Milano. Uh, Jaquan Johnson, again, a rotational piece, a special teams piece. Daryl Johnson on our roster every year gets reps every year. I don't know if that's a good thing, but still as a seventh round pick, you're on, you're on an NFL roster still, uh, Tommy Sweeney. Yeah, that one's tough, but seventh round pick again. Again, that's what you expect later on. They're nothing but positional pieces. Uh, 2020, the digs trade and then Epinesa in the second round. I like Epinesa. I, a lot of people want to move him. And see, I, I'm not a fan. I, I really, at the, at the end of the day, it's it's what have you done for me? You don't get after the quarterback. The sacks don't show up. It's like it's the Jerry Hughes argument that we had back in the day. It's I, right. oh, well, he he has the best win rate in all of football. Great. How many sacks does he have? Zero. Okay, it's useless. I can't do anything. You beat your guy, but you don't get to the quarterback. It doesn't do me any good. I need you to get sacks. I need you to finish plays. And he and he doesn't. He's another one that I think you probably falls a little bit of victim to the the snap count thing. You know, when you're only getting 30% of the snaps of a game, it does. And, you know, other guys that are just as good, if not better than you are around the same. I mean, you get 35% of the snap counts, snaps for a game and a surefire Hall of Famer is getting 48. You know, I don't know. You're, 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 you play three seasons to get one full season of reps in for most, like for what most guys are doing. I, I, that is probably one of my biggest issues with McDermott and the coaching staff is how do you develop talent in game when they're only repping a third of the game? Well, his whole thing is that they should keep you fresh all the time that we are. Our defense never looks tired ever. Right. Because everybody is just well conditioned and, and keep I lo- rotating. And I, I love the concept. The problem is at some point you need game reps against talented opponents that you can't just run against your practice squad and expect to be game ready all the time. Mm-hmm. I think, and that's it, it's more just a, a development thing for me. Um, we're going to speed this up a little bit. Zach Moss bust. Uh, Gabe Davis in the fourth round doesn't suck. Jake Fromm, it's quarterback late. Who cares? Tyler Bass is a great pick. 
Uh, Isaiah Hodgins looks like he was a great pick that we lost to, again, just a depth. The Giants. Uh, and again, weird that he never got any playing time. He would just show in the preseason and would do nothing but go out there and wreck games. And then he would routinely never make the roster and keep getting put in the practice guide in lieu of like Jake Kumaro and like all these random. I'm like, I, well, what was he showing? And then Dable left and went, hey, I'm going to go ahead and take that talented guy that you guys just keep shoving down there. Oh, and he turns into like a viable NFL player. Like, go figure. Who knew? Well, and, and that's the argument of, you know, Jake Kumaro doing special teams things that Hodgins doesn't do. Correct. Like, then who was Hodgins? Like, if, if you're going to take Kumro's spot, but not do what Kumro does, who are you taking off the field? You're not taking digs off the field. You're not taking. No, but like, point. but with the signing of like Jamison Crowder, now he got hurt. We didn't know that. You know what I mean? It's like we brought Beasley back that one time. Now I get it. Those are slot guys. Maybe they don't play the same position, but at some but, point, and, like, but be, nice I mean, to give him a Be- shot. Beasley got brought back after uh, Hodgins left. Right. After Hodgins got taken. And like, and that's because we were looking for, uh, for McKenzie to get the job done and he didn't, you know, and that again, it's a thing like we we've seen what McKenzie could do. It's just, that was the outlier. That wasn't the norm. We thought giving him the reps would be, it would become a thing for the norm. It wasn't, uh, again, moving on, uh, like, and then, so this goes up to 2020. So Dane Jackson, uh, again, another dude who's regularly on the field for us. Um, I'm not going to bother pulling up the rest of them, but I mean, like, I don't, again, we don't draft bad, but as far as like guys, at value at spots like i mean again guys like oliver you could say didn't live up to the draft position sure but i mean for the amount of value we get in the third to the sixth round i think is incredible well and and, and that's my point of like he doesn't draft poorly we just don't have any like home runs great the guy in the fifth round the serviceable death piece uh, okay uh, great. I mean, de- depth is great. You need depth to win championships. I mean, that's all fine. But like, you know, you look at like the Chiefs, who is the bane of all of our existence. You know, like, oh, they drafted Creed Humphreys in the second round. Oh, no big deal. He's the best center in all of football. Like, we don't have a single story like that. We're like, oh, I mean, Milano, I, he was critically undervalued by like everybody. Finally gets an all pro. People in Buffalo knew how valuable Milano right. was. The, you know, and then, you know, and then as outrageful as every Madden season. Milano's a 71. Are you guys kidding me? Like, do you guys have any idea how good Matt Milano is? He's a 71. Your video game sucks. So it's just a lot of that nonsense. But we don't have any of that where you just found a guy and you're like, oh my God, he's unbelievable. There, That guy doesn't exist in our team. Well, and uh, he might. He might. Gabe Davis could be that guy. Rumors of him playing hurt all year last year obviously don't help with what he was you know, what, what he showed out and what he did, um, you know, and hopefully that's something that is adjusted this year and he's back to his normal self with the drops. But again, still had a top, like you line up the number twos in the league. He was still near or in the top five statistically. It's just one of those things that people, you know, the drops show, you know, people, mm-hmm. like, people don't remember the good that you do, you know, and we're in, at the same token, they remember the great. So we were comparing a guy who had some drops last year to a guy who had four touchdowns and 300 yards in a playoff game. The last time we saw him play. So mm-hmm. it was like, that's what we expect every game. And that's unrealistic. And then you st- like that, but then you compare the drops to that and people are like, he sucks, trade him, get rid of him. Like the amount of people clamoring for move Gabe Davis and three picks for Deandre Hopkins who has injury problems and is on the wrong side of that, that age marker. I just, I didn't understand it. 
I, I mean, I don't know about three picks, but I would have thrown I would have thrown Gabe in a third for Hopkins for 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 a Super Bowl window for a go out there and win right now. I mean, it, when's when's the last time Hopkins played a full season? Two years ago? I don't know. He didn't play last season because he was suspended. But I mean, the I year before that, I think he was fine. And uh, I mean, you're talking to a guy in yours truly who has DeAndre Hopkins probably pound for pound the best receiver in the NFL, in my opinion. Like, there is not something that anyone does that's better than him. Like, okay, speed-wise Tyreek Hill, sure. No one's got better hands. No one runs better routes. No one high points better. I mean, I he he easily could be the best receiver talent-wise in the NFL, in my opinion. Would love to have him. I'm you're never gonna find me being a guy who's like, let's mortgage the future for the right now. I don't I don't want to be the Rams. I don't want to win what we've been waiting so damn long. I would rather be the Patriots than the Rams. I want to win a bunch then win one, and now we're going, oh, it's going to be like five or six years before we come close type thing. Well, I, I don't know. I think it's so tough because, I mean, the Pats have a, a fantastic defensive-minded head coach. They routinely, you know, I mean, found value when other people didn't find value in players, and that's fine. That could be an eye for talent. That could be just Bill Belichick. But I think Tom Brady taking pay cuts every year. The Tom Brady, like forever, was making $25 million a season. And for a hot second there, that was really oh man, oh my he's making twenty five million my god these quarterbacks get paid well now if you're making twenty five million you're like the lower fifth of the league in what you're making you're like the bottom five guy and he was taking pay cuts and that allows you to put money elsewhere and I don't begrudge anybody for going if your careers are short enough you put your bodies on the line go get your go get paid you know what I mean no judgments however. With Diggs making the money he's making, with Allen making the money he's making, with Dawkins making the money he's making, like which Allen's contracts is steal at this point. Well, right, and and I said that early on when he did it that it was a fantastic idea for them to do that because, and now we didn't know this, but you know Baker was coming off of having that one year where they went to the playoffs and he looked like he was going to be unbelievable. And we were like, oh man, thank God we got Allen locked up now because Baker is about to get two hundred eighty million dollars and Lamar is about to get to you know, and then, well. Hey, listen, he's the starting quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. He's taken over for the great one yeah. in Tom Brady. From the goat to the boat. Seriously, the Baker <laughs> era in Tampa has started. But the great he's going to lose out to like Kyle Trask. Trask. He's not even going to be the he starting quarterback. Is. He absolutely is. <laughs> he'll, 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 he'll start week one. And listen, I, I am team Baker. I, I was not team Baker coming out of the draft. I didn't want him on my team. But that dude... Like he got so such a raw deal with everything in Cleveland and like, hey, you're the guy like we're rolling with you. By the way, we traded everything for Deshaun. I just like in in general, like the dude comes out, he doesn't start his first two games. Then he goes on to break the rookie touchdown record and when missing two games or not missing, just didn't start the first two because he was he was learning, you know, and then the next year, like gets him to the playoffs. And then I think the year after that beats the Steelers and like wins a playoff game. He did nothing but get better. And that third year, I think where he beat Pittsburgh, he was playing with like a torn labrum in his oh, shoulder. Like, like he, he gutted it out the whole brain, season. Like, oh yeah. It, right. And then after that, they're like, no, no, you're our guy. Oh, we're trading for Deshaun. I'd be like, F you guys, like get out of here with them. It's unbelievable. Yeah. That yeah. dude literally left everything on the field in Cleveland that he possibly could. 
the the fact the grass at the factory of sadness the 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 turf at the mistake on the lake is christened by the blood sweat and tears of baker mayfield oh man and he had different head coaches different offensive coordinators different terminology every year like was not a recipe for success and at one point had a like had a receiver who was such a prima donna that they had to force him the ball and it cost baker statistically he was baker was worse with obj on the field that's insane and I also think it's probably one of the most impressive things that I've ever seen in a football game to watch him go to the Rams with like three days of prep time and start an NFL game with basically strangers at the receipt. Like he did not know his teammates names. He had no idea who these people were. He showed up and with less than a week of prep time, started an NFL game and, and like and, and threw for like 240 yards and two touchdowns and they won the game. It was unbelievable. Believable with with a running back who either and I don't remember who it was, but he either wasn't doing well or you never heard of. Uh, Cooper Cup was already out. Yep, and there were like they were using like Van Jefferson, like uh, maybe Allen Robinson was still playing. It was Allen not Robinson, a great lineup. Yeah, it was like Allen Robinson. Uh, Van Jefferson was like coming off an injury still, and like he was playing with literally nobody, and it was like, oh, Baker comes out and gets the W. Like I am team Baker. I want Baker to do so well. I mean, cause especially cause what didn't he, didn't he go to the Panthers originally? Yes. Yep. It was him and Sam Darnold. They, they yeah. had two guys of the same draft and then on their team duking it out. Oh, and didn't, didn't Josh Rosen make like a two week stint with them too? Like, it, like, cause that was the joke is that they were trying to collect. Yeah, the, They had everybody like, from that draft, the 2018 quarterback draft class infinity gauntlet or whatever. It it definitely could have been Rosen bounced around. I mean, my I mean, there's so many really funny off. tweets about. Oh my god, we took Allen instead of Rosen. We are awful. The Bills suck perpetually forever. And then Rosen's like out of the league, and Allen's a monster. Thank goodness we got right on that one. Yeah. Holy cow! Yeah, that's that's the only draft pick I need to hear. Right, exactly. The Bills take Josh Allen. Why? Five years later. Thank you. <laughs> right. Awesome. My goodness. Love it. Oh man. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited for the bills. If you can't tell, we haven't talked football in a minute. That's how we ended up on this tangent, but yeah, I, uh, it's going to be an interesting season. There's some rule changes coming down. They've basically made it where all kicks that are either touchbacks or fair catches, uh, in the end zone, go to the 25 now. So instead of it being the 25, what is it? The 25 on kickoffs and the 20 on punts. It's all just blanket 25 now. They literally, um, it's, literally it's, just came it's, out it. it's free kicks and kickoffs. I thought it wasn't punts. I don't think whatever, whatever it was, it's basically touchbacks go to the 25 now from what I've seen. And it, it's weird because every NFL special teams coached coach was adamantly opposed to it. Right. Like that because you, they're, they're trying to get less returns is just right. what they're doing. It's yeah. And now they're talking to. Oh, I just saw a tweet from uh, Air Raid Buffalo that Syrian Neal is working with the linebackers and he looks huge. That's cool. Um, I love that we're like seeing Bill's practice footage. That's awesome. I'm excited. Somebody's uh, got to play in the middle linebacker position. Like, I don't know who's going to be. Somebody's got to stand there. Well, and our, uh, our our new draft pick is working there too. They're saying should, I mean, really should be all our draft pick. I mean, should it be Terrell Bernard from last year? It should be our third round pick this year. It should be Dotson. It should, I mean, everybody should oh, look there. It is, uh, and and I believe AJ Klein. So they're all working them at that middle linebacker. 
Didn't we cut Klein? Am I making that up? I thought we re-signed him, and I never. I don't remember. Uh, let's see. Maybe he was a cut candidate. Let's go to let's go to Greg Cover One. I saw him tweet something about something at some point and something. Uh, Is this current team Buffalo Bills? I mean, so he must be on the roster. Puna. I couldn't remember if what I read was that he was it was a potential cap casualty because like, hey, we're bringing you in, but if you don't win this job in camp, then you know we're just going to release you because it's not going to cost us any money. Uh, Bill secondary possible. coach John Butler says Christian Bedford is playing corner right now, but notes his side strength and football IQ to play safety if they decide to do that. Interesting. <laughs> Tyler Bass to Reed Ferguson deep for six. <laughs> Tyler Bass throwing a pass to Reed Ferguson. That's awesome. Listen, sometimes uh, those special teams guys got to get in there. Yeah, I agree. Let them have some fun. Uh, Dorian Williams playing middle linebacker to start. Where's the rest of that? There's more to it. Oh, there's talk of the, uh, by 2025, you're going to see like the XFL's modified, uh, we'll call it low contact kick return thing where like they, like the two teams line up at the opposing 35 and 45 or 25 and 35. And the kicks got to, if the kick goes in the end zone, the, the like the team gets it at the 25 or the 30 or something and if it go if it go doesn't go far enough they get it at the 40 like that whole thing um there are a lot of things that i liked about the xfl rules i think that their onside kick rules were fantastic uh, there's just a lot of things that i was that i was for i yeah, i like the like the was it like the th- Fourth and fifteen from your own thirty-five type thing. Yeah, that, that if that if you miss it, they get the ball to thirty-five. So you basically give it to them in field goal range. But it's also not a, a kick that you know only is completed less than eight percent of the time. I mean, it's probably less than that. It's never. It's, like, it's less than one percent of the time. Well, and especially when they change the rules, it used to be completed. I mean, at a slightly higher tick, maybe it was fifteen percent or eighteen percent, and now it's like four. It's not like it never happens, but somebody usually screws something up. But I love the fourth and team fifteen thing. I don't know that we would need all three different types of extra points. No, where it was like this one's worth one, this one's worth two, this one's worth three, so you can like catch up quickly. Yeah, no, it's. I don't want to see the extra point thing change. I like going for one, going for two. I think the the like backing up the the extra point made the going for two thing a little bit more enticing because of the amount of extra points that are somehow now missed. Well, then, it's, then that's what they wanted. Extra points are being made at a, it were being made at a ninety eight percent clip, and now it's only like eighty eight percent, right? Which they're still being made most of the time. But whatever, moving it back made it drop ten percent. It is now no longer automatic, and it matters when you miss those things. Yeah, it was so automatic that at one point we made our one fantasy league negative fifteen points if you missed the PAT because you should never miss. Yep. Like, and it was really funny though when it would get blocked or you would miss and you'd be like, dude, I lost because my kicker shanked an extra point and it gave me negative fifteen. Yeah, there was there was a game at one point where I like a blocked extra point was worth twenty and a missed extra point was worth negative fifteen. And somebody had like somebody was down by like an astronomical like forty points. And the only two people going were one team's defense and the other team's kicker. And you're like, okay, even if this defense does really well, like the odds of like the kicker is going to get at least 10 to 15 points or whatever. And the kicker, the only thing the kicker did that game was like hit two extra points and then have one blocked. And the defense went off and that flipped the win. Like I lost on the same play. Like 
my kicker lost 15 points. Right, his defense game it up for you. <laughs> it's kind of the point. That's why I did yeah. that for that league. I wanted to make it important because most people are like, oh, I'll just wait for the very last round and I'll draft my kicker and that's what we're going to do. And makes you think a little bit differently. Uh, Malik Willis commenting on the NFL Titans quarterback uh, controversies. I mean, Tannehill's fine. I, I mean, I think the the only reason they're they're not going to go straight off for Will Levis is that it's the same reason they haven't traded Derrick Henry. That they're going to try. Their division's relatively weak. I I do think the Jags are going to win it again. Um, the Colts are starting a rookie quarterback. I mean, tremendous ceiling. Maybe one of the highest ceilings we have in all of the NFL. Also, the lowest floor. <laughs> Richardson could be anywhere in there. We don't know yet. Um, Where do you go to college? Florida. Oh. Probably a bust. He's a gator. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, between, I mean, Jacksonville looks good. Tennessee looks good. It's, uh, I mean, Tennessee looked good. I mean, really, they they won a whole bunch and then they lost like their their last seven games in a row. They were like seven and one, seven and two, and then just lost out to end the season. I mean, that's, I feel like that's an anomaly. You can't bank on that happening. Yeah. Again, if they, if they got if they went one and six over their last seven games, they make the playoffs and Jacksonville's out. So people who are like, oh yeah, Jacksonville's going to win the division. I I don't know. They almost didn't win it last year. It was almost the same old Jags. It's they're going to play good defense. Derrick Henry's going to murder you, and that's just what's going to happen. I also did, I didn't understand the move of getting rid of AJ Brown to draft his replacement. Oh no, and that's and really they got their GM fired, which I I thought was hysterical. That they played the Eagles, played the Titans, and Brown lit them up for like 137 yards and two touchdowns, and they were like, and he literally got fired after that game, like. You told me he was useless. You told me he wasn't going to do it. Like, well, he just embarrassed us on national TV, and now you're fired. Yeah, and imagine if they had both of those guys. Like, imagine that they had A.J. Brown and drafted his replacement. Like, I, I don't know who they would have got there. I mean, now, interestingly enough, now, again, hindsight's twenty twenty, But, you know, they they traded the a pick for Brown and then used that pick on Traylon Burks. But hypothetically, okay, so they keep Brown. A lot of the receivers went early. Garrett Wilson, Jamison Williams, Olave, all those guys went early, like 10, 11, earlier than the Titans had picked for. But if they would have drafted, like, Christian Watson looked pretty good for Green Bay. You know what I mean? That if you had A.J. Brown on one side and Christian Watson on the other side, oh, all of a sudden you have to pay attention to both those guys, and then Derrick Henry kills you again. It's Yeah. I, uh, I'm i intrigued to see. I'm, I'm excited to do, like, our NFL previews and stuff like that, but it's uh, it's going to be interesting. It's going to be fun. I like, I just miss football so much. I know me too. <laughs> I'm so intrigued to hear some of the stuff like, um, Sal Capaccio just tweeted out a, a, a minute and 12 second clip of audio from Von Miller, who was asked by uh, Matt Perino about his perspective on Stefan Diggs absence from OTAs, given their relationship and the reaction to like from some of the fans. And I'm excited to listen to that. That'll be fun. Um, but yeah, I like the the NFL starting to kick up like uh, all summer long. We're going to hear news. We're going to see highlights. You know, people are going to look like people you've never heard of are going to look like studs in training camp and make, you know, circus catches against guys who are playing corner who will be bagging groceries next year. Oh, wait, no, uh, we do self checkout now. So that's not even a job or a joke anymore. Um, but yeah, the, you know, baseball season's in full swing. Uh, last week I did a solo episode, talked about the. Um, Talked about the, the the rule changes to baseball, the bigger bases, the pitch clock, stuff like that. Uh, you watched any baseball? Any uh, any of that stuff? 
I, well, I, I try to have the Yankees game on at work all the time. Um, super exciting uh, nuances for at work. We finally upgraded our uh, TV package Ooh. from the basic spec- spectrum, like the, the the worst business package you have, to like actually having halfway decent cable. Nice. So now we get Fox Sports One and Yes Network and like all this other good stuff. So now I actually get to like watch ESPN or put something. It's a sports facility. We should have sports on TV, but we never got any of the sports because we didn't have the good cable, which just seems silly. So we finally saw a reason and we have the good stuff there. So long story long, I get to put Yes Network on or SNY and watch the Mets. Like really, it's just been nice having live sporting events on at work at a sports facility. Right. Yeah. So uh, what's your take on some of the new rules there, bud? You know, honestly, the things I have, I I love the faster game time. Baseball games do not need to last four hours. I know people, baseball purists are, you know, oh, they're changing the game. But I, I get it. I understand. It, they were too long. It's too damn long. And your options were either shorten the game this way or, hey, stop having commercials. Well, you can't get rid of all the ad money. So I guess we're going to shorten the game this way. Which is funny because they're starting to find out that they're, they need to reevaluate how they're selling commercial time for baseball games because they don't have as much time. Right. Commercials. So, like, there's times that ads are getting cut because, oh, crap, we're about to miss a pitch. Like, Yep. Two minutes, and, and, and I, I love it. To the next, again, especially as a Yankees fan, Yankee Red Sox games were so long. Like you'd start a game on like Sunday night baseball at like seven thirty or eight o'clock, and it would be like almost midnight, and they'd be just finishing up. And I'm like, Good lord, this was a long game. Yeah, I got, long. I got shit to do tomorrow. Uh, right, but I, I love that the games are faster. I think it helps viewership. You know, people thought, oh, that's what people want to see: pitch clock violations. I, I mean, I okay, I get it. You don't want to see. You know what I mean? Games end that way or, or whatever. But I, I don't think it's been too much of any of, of the how many hundreds, if not thousands of games in MLB that goes on every season. It'll be interesting to see, in my opinion, the approach come the postseason. Because like that's when pitching matchups become a mm-hmm. thing. Like, you know, yep. there there's rules about how many batters guys have to face and, you know, the mound visits and stuff. And like in the big moments, like imagine having to be in the box, ready to go with eight seconds left in the biggest bat of your, of your life. And you're worried about like, okay, I got to like mentally prepare, get in the box. And like, all of a sudden like time strike three pitch clock violation. And you're like, fuck, like, but at the same token, I mean, I saw it this year in, in the college ranks, right? So we saw it like we had the pitch clock. It's, you know, it was just the flat 20 seconds from the time the pitcher got the ball back. And it was eight seconds after the pitcher was on the rubber ready to pitch the batter from eight seconds from that, the batter had to be in the box looking mm-hmm. up at the pitcher. So early on, we had a couple pitch clock violations on both us and before and against us is both pitchers and hitters. And it never happened again because as soon as you adjust and you realize like, okay, I can't take forever because you know what, you know what we were dealing with, you know, you would deal with the nine, 10 and in college, you still do like, they don't have the, the, the limited pickoff rule. So there was a point in one game we had one of our pitchers pick try to pick a guy off eight times. And he was quick about it, but like in the MLB, you can't do that. Like in the MLB, you get to you get two shots, and the third one, you either gotta better have him out or it's a balk. Like and they're they're like which opens things up, you know, they're they're like it opens the the chess game up. Uh, I forget who what pitcher it was. Full count, uh runner on first, two outs. Come set, waits till the pitch clock is just about to hit zero and uses his last pickoff and gets the guy in a pickle. Because the guy was like, well, he's got to throw. 
and he's running out of time. So I'm going to try to like cheat a little bit. And the guy turned and got him. And I'm like, this is awesome. This is the cat and mouse game of baseball. I love, but I, I enjoy it. I, and now that people have adjusted to it and figured it out, uh, you you're, you're almost not hearing about it anymore. I, I, I mean, other than a random thing where we've gotten some odd, like, oh, what, what what were you looking at? And, you know, classic umpires, you know what I mean? They're human. It's just, it's been more of that stuff. Not necessarily like normal violations. There's been umpires. Oh, you weren't ready. How do you know I wasn't ready? Like that type of stuff. Um, but honestly, the, the thing I think I have one of the biggest issues with is all of these guys now taking advantage of the rosin bag with, with sweat. We're like Scherzer getting chucked and uh, and uh, Domingo Herman getting chucked and like all these guys. I also think it's a little ridiculous that Phil Cuzzy is the only umpire to throw out a pitcher with substance in his hands on for something on being in your hands like that. That's a mind blowing stat to me that there have been whatever there is six ejections in all of Major League Baseball across all the teams and all these games. There's been six. And Phil Cuzzy has done all six. No other umpire in all of Major League Baseball in any other game has ejected a pitcher even one time. He's done all six. To me, I mean, like, if I'm Major League Baseball, like, what do you do? You mean like, are you being a Nazi about this? Like, I don't like. Are you being too militant with it? I don't know. I don't know what the answer to that is because a lot of the players are like, I am using your approved substance. And, and if you mix it with sweat, it gives me a little tack. It's just a, it's a dryness. It's just a tack to it. I'm not cheating. You're at, you're telling me I can't sweat. I don't know what you want me to do. Or if I like, am sweating, I can't use rosin. Right. So, so I mean, like, I'm using the parameters that you set up and you are suspending me for 10 games and ejecting me from the game. Like either then, then fine. Then don't let me use rosin. Then if that's, if that's the answer, then just, Hey, nothing on your hands whatsoever i don't care what it is well when shit happens I that was one of the funniest things that came from the mlb last year was the guys that like a guy would go out have a one two three inning and all of a sudden the other coach would be like would just point like go check them yeah, check them and the guy started like I, I forget who they were but there were there were guys that would like see the umpire walking over would throw toss their glove to him and like unbutton their shirt untuck and start stripping on the field and stand there like was, wasn't that scherzer didn't i think he did that well because yeah, he's been, absolutely did that but like scherzer has been a great pitcher like his entire career and he's 38 years old this is not like he's not just good all of a sudden this year like oh it's, yeah he must be it's, cheating he's never done this in his career or he's been doing this for 15 years like yeah, but like just the whole thing, it looked looked like a, a a little kid at a urinal peeing, like pants around his ankle, shirt up over his head, just like and just stand there. The umpire's like, no, 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 I just show me your hands, like, and he's just like, nope, check me, check me. Like, it was like I loved it. I was like, this is great. This is an awesome response to an obnoxious overcorrection. You're like, I'm sorry, but I in 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 my pure opinion, I believe the days are gone of you know, Crisco. Vagisil, Bardol, like, like, you know, any one of them give you actually two, three inches on your curveball. And unless the umpire's, you know, looking for close, then I just put a little jalapeno in my nose, get it running. You put snot on snot the ball. On like, the ball? like I don't like yours. Listen, I do I think guys find, like, try to find ways? Yes. But at most, it might be a little bit of like pine tar that you can easily disguise in your glove. I, I had a, I had a, a guy who played in the pros at one point tell me 
if you find a pitcher who's not trying to put something on the ball, you're fi- you're going to find a guy who's not going to last. He's not going to survive in the show because you need to because the hitters are too good. So they find ways. And the guys who don't like the guys that like have this big obnoxious blotch on their neck and they're like, oh, it's sunscreen. <laughs> Why are my fingers stuck to your sunscreen? Like, so I, f- I forget. I think it, it might have been a couple of years ago now, but some hitter said that. Um, where they asked him about, you know, do you think it's an unfair advantage with the, the attack and stuff like that? And he was like, listen, he goes, early in the season, April, May, he goes, you're playing in New York or Cleveland. You know what I mean? Like, it could be snowing early. during one of those games. He goes, just because it's cold doesn't mean that the Grom doesn't throw 100 miles an hour. I don't want him to not know where it's going. I want him to know exactly where he wants to put the baseball. I still have to try and hit it. Either way, what I don't need is him throwing a frozen baseball in 31 degree weather at 100 miles an hour and hitting me in the back or the knee or something like he's like, no, thank you. I would rather know that at least you knew where it was going to go and your fingers just aren't numb. You know what I mean? Which I thought was an interesting point. (laughs) I I don't disagree with that in the least. Like, I don't disagree with that in the least. Because, I mean, I've been a baseball player my whole life. Face some dudes who threw pretty hard. And when the dudes who throw hard don't concern me, the guys who throw hard have no idea where it's going. Those are the scary ones. Right. Like, I wouldn't dig in there if I were you. I don't know where it's going. Swear to God. No idea where this ball's <laughs> going to go. But yeah, it's, I, I like it. I like that. I like that they're, you know, the, the, the modifications have opened the game up a little more. You know, stealing attempts are through, are, are up and like a decade high. You know, we're seeing some of these catchers with, obnoxious arms getting able to show them off a little bit you know the shift has opened up the game like the lack of shift has opened up the game a little bit because i mean barry bond said it the best you can't shift if i'm going to put it in the bay like there's no shift that stops that so the answer was bomb or bust now okay i don't have to hit a bomb and that really was i mean it's unfortunate that it took this kind of like severe altering, I mean, severe, maybe emphasis on, on not so severe, but it took a change in the rules to fundamentally get the game of baseball kind of back to where it used to be before the home runs. When really, oh, the home runs exciting. Everybody loves home runs. You know, Maguire and Sosa going back and forth. Who's going to be the single season? Like that whole thing. It really, and it, during that time, I think it kind of saved baseball. It was exciting. Everyone was talking about it. Like you couldn't wait to go. I mean, we were in like, fifth or sixth grade when and it was still something they talked about and we weren't even in middle school yet of oh you just see mcguire's home runs he had two last night oh sosa's gonna hit more like it was so exciting it was such a big deal and it became the era of the home runs and we're still in the era of home runs but it's just again i'm a yankee fan it's embarrassing that for a little while most of the team is hitting under 260 Mm -hmm. and some of the four or five of the starters were hitting under 200 but every now and again they give you a home run so it's kind of like whatever and i'm like the Rays have six guys, six starters hitting over 300. You think it's a miracle that they're in first place, that they, they have the best record in all of baseball and they're just dominating? Like, I, no, the Rays are playing baseball like you're supposed to play baseball, like it had been played for a hundred years before we just went, well, chicks dig the long ball. So I'm just going to try to yank this out of the park every single time, regardless of situation, weather, you name it, postseason, not, but like, Nope, I'm just going to try to hammer this over the fence instead of stringing together. That's just unbelievable. And that, and that's one of the things you know we see, and I'm sure we'll see it as summer gets in you know gets into full effect. We see the the ball start to fly out of the park a little bit more around you know mid season through the summer, and then what happens every year? 
The long ball goes away in the postseason. Why? Because you're facing the best pitching staffs in the game. The, like in, even if they're not the best in the game, they're the even, best even guys the on, on short rest. Like they're going. You're, yeah. you're seeing Verlander twice. You're seeing. You're like that's what. I, right. That's how the Astros kept winning. That's why I hate the Astros. But like, I get it. I, I understand what they're doing. I, I would. I don't blame them. I, I would do the same thing. I mean, we we talked about it the other day. Uh, you know, a coaching colleague of mine and I talked about it the other day with uh, the year that the Giants won their second one, and Madison Bumgarner started game one, game three, and game seven, and threw in relief in game two, five, and six. Like, I'm sorry, what? Like that dude threw back to back to back days twice in a seven game series. It was insane. It, it, it probably exp- explains why Arizona designated him for assignment. <laughs> yeah, really. Like he basically won two World Series championships and threw his arm out. I'm. I bet you he does not regret any of it. He made millions of dollars, has two rings to show for it, and yep. does not care that he just got cut. I mean, maybe he cares he got cut, but career wise, he's doing just fine. Financially, yeah, he's pro- doing fine. Probably, probably wouldn't change it for the world. Yep. Hey, if you had, if you could have four more years, would you give back those two rings and protect yourself a little bit? Nope. Nope, no shot. Not even a shot. I was, they, they said that. I mean, and that's been the case for forever. They did an, an anonymous study of Olympians that they were like, you know, if you could take a substance that would guarantee you a gold medal, but take 10 years off your life. So if you were going to die at 82, now you're going to die at 72. Like 96% of the Olympians that they interviewed said, yes, they would with, you, without hesitation. You can even take that as far as, you know, things like, I don't know, like the WWE, right? Ask Mick Foley, who's missing part of an ear, whose teeth don't grow the right way, has dentures <laughs> yeah. in half his mouth, like is 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 half like lazy eye, cross eyed, and like is beaten bad. Like, listen, we're gonna throw you off every structure we can find through anything and everything at the bottom, but you're gonna win the championship at WrestleMania one time. Is that good? Yep. Uh, yep. Nope. I'm in. Let's go. Like childhood dream. But but that's one of those things that. If you don't do those things, if you don't get to get the win at WrestleMania, if you don't win the World Series, if you don't win the Super Bowl, if you don't win the gold medal, was it worth it? Mm, probably not. But it was because he did. So who cares? Right. One like and and that's the whole thing. I mean, that's why, you know, oh, steroids, everyone in the game. I mean, I, I mean, I don't condone it. But again, I understand it. If you again, you do steroids and you get one major league contract. I don't want to say you're set for life, but like you should you be really don't have to worry about money a lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, they found me out. They suspended me, whatever. Baseball contracts are guaranteed. Even if they cut you, they still have to pay you. Now, if you get suspended, they don't. That's a little bit different, but like the rest of it. Okay. You get suspended for 50 games. All right. Well, you still had to pay me for the other 112. You know what I mean? Like it's, I, I, I get it. I, and you know, it's, it's funny because you look at those things and I'm sure it's easy for us to sit here and say, having not done it uh, for every guy who did do it and didn't make it did do it. And, and I mean, there, there was a story in sports illustrated. Uh, I read it when I was working at day camp. Uh, it was just a random old magazine in the one drawer. It was about five guys who basically got drafted and were like into the minors together, or, like rookie ball together and stuff like that. And the dude who was the worst of them one off season, like they brought them all back. And like after their first year in rookie ball and they brought them all back and they were like, all right, listen, you guys got like the two guys got assigned to single a long season. One guy got traded and the other two, they were like, listen, only one of you is going to make it. Maybe 
And the guy's like, at the time I was throwing like 89, 90, nothing special. The other guy was a lefty throwing like a mile or two an hour slower than me, but that was 10 times better than what I was because he was a lefty. And the other dudes already got assigned higher than us. So I went home. I was talking to another guy locally at the gym. Like, I don't know what to do. And basically that's how I started doing steroids. I came back the next year after a quote unquote hefty workout routine and a couple cycles and was throwing 97. And, you know, you could tell that there was a little bit of a build difference in me and it was, oh, I've never really lifted before this. Like, and I really got into the weights and, you know, tweaked a couple things mechanically. And here I am, uh, nothing special, nothing crazy, no special sauce guy ended up winning the world series with the Yankees. And the night he won the world series, he damn near killed himself. Like he told, like the whole story was him, like told his limo driver to stop on the Brooklyn bridge. And he got out and debated jumping the night he won a world series ring. And then dealing with the repercussions of those five guys who were really, really good friends of his for a long time, hating him to this day, he has apologized. He has shown up at their houses, like trying to be contrite and like, listen, I'm so sorry. I'm like, because like, dude, I don't care how sorry you are. You cheated and robbed me of my opportunity because if they wouldn't, if they wouldn't have cut me, they would have cut you. And I could have won the world series with the Yankees at the end of the day, you weren't throwing 97. So you probably weren't going to win the world series with the Yankees. However, there is another side of the story. It was a fascinating read. I'll, I'll see if I can find it for you. Right. I don't know. I mean, and it's. It's, I mean, I think Dano, Dano Tosh is a whole bit on it where he's like, you know, n- nobody wants to see a one nothing baseball game. He goes, set the ball deep. He goes, just give everybody steroids. He goes, you want to even the playing field? Everybody can take them. Just a free for all. Everybody can take them. He goes, he goes, oh, steroids has no place. He goes, for every guy who's gotten caught, he goes, a billion double A boys. He goes, he goes, have taken juice and taken steroids trying to get to the next level. He's just like, it, it's just. If that's what you want from the game, then just then screw it. Don't be like, oh, home runs are all that we're looking for now. We don't care about batting averages or defense or anything. We want to hit the ball deep all the time. We've introduced terms like launch angle and all this other stuff to hit more home runs. I, but no, no, no. No steroids. No HGH. No, no, no. We have to do this naturally. I, at that, whatever at that point. like, well, and It's funny because I, lo- I love when the term launch angle gets, gets thrown around because every single swing has a launch angle. Every, every single time they make contact. increased launch angle. Well, like it's, it's the focus on what is your, like what the launch angle your swing is creating is really the issue. And like the, the elevate and celebrate and all that good stuff. But no, it's, it's funny because, you know, there's, I mean, there's the conversation of like, you know, you go to some small D2 school in the Midwest that no one's ever heard of. You, you, you juice up a little bit. You get noticed, you get, make it like. You do it when no one's looking, and then when you get there, you do like you're already there. So who cares, right? But uh, the other side of this is the the analytics side of baseball that has changed. I, I've talked to a couple guys who have played in the pros a little bit here and there, and um, you know one of the big things is they, you know, your batting average and stuff no longer matters as much as it used to. Now I'm not saying it doesn't matter, but it doesn't matter as much as it used to. There, the things that they look at is like your pitch selection. So like. There was uh, a guy I was talking to a couple months ago and we were just off the record shooting the shit. And he was telling me how, you know, you, you walk into like you, you go, you hit home run, right? And there's a good chance that like you come in, you hit the home run, you, you hit home plate, like you, you're high five and stuff like that. And then like you get your post game report from your coach and he's looking at you being like, Smith, the hell are you swinging at? Dude, I hit a bomb. I hit a three run shot. I give us a lead. 
Yeah, dude, that ball was out of the zone. That's a that that's not a good decision. That's a poor swing choice. And like that's the type of thing they would rather have you hit less, but swinging at better pitching. Or like better all, pitch all those like, stats on game changer that like I'm like I coach eleven U baseball. I don't need any of these stats. I need you know what I mean. Those yeah. are quality at bats and n- number of at bats where you saw more than six pitches and you know what I mean like all kinds of stuff that they are basing their decisions on nowadays at the professional level. Oh, it's insane. And it's funny because, you know, talking to another coaching colleague of mine and, and mentioned that to him and he was like, yeah, no, that happens more than you'd think. Like guys with effective pitching stats, but they have better, like, you know, but they don't get taken or they get cut because of guys with better velocity and spin rate because I can teach a guy who throws hard and spins the ball harder, which makes it more deceptive to hit. I can teach him to pitch better, but I can't necessarily like your arm only has so much in it. Right. So like. You know, you, you can only, you only have the ability to spin the ball so hard type thing. And it, it, the whole thing's fascinating to me. It's probably, it's got to be like the main sport where that's the case, right? Like that's got to be more in baseball than any other sport. I would think so. I mean, it, it's, it's the analytics have seeped in the football, you know, with sure. the, the going for it and, you know, this side of the field statistics say that it should, right. you know like what I mean? So there's the a little bit of that side, like the game management side, but not like, oh, I'm drafting this receiver over this receiver because he's got a better route, like route plus miss plus catch in traffic divided by contested catch rate. Like, yeah, I mean, I would think that baseball, because it's such a stat heavy sport that you'd almost have to rely on those things. Um, football, I, I'm sure everybody's got their own, their own grading scale. Like, why did you, okay. So like, you know, you chose Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. Did the, did that SE or S4 test have anything to do with it? That Bryce Young basically aced, he got a 49 out of 50 and CJ Stroud got a, like a seven. And like, and it's something that's the modern day Van Wilder seven years in college. Didn't graduate. Yeah. That who we're talking like, I don't know. It's just, do I think that it has, I don't know. Everything's a a statistic until it's not. So like they started doing that test. It kind of replaced the Wanderlick in like 2015 because it specifically um, addresses processing information and how quickly you can read things. Sometimes it's diamonds. Sometimes it's how many red diamonds. Sometimes it's two diamonds on either side of the screen. And it's just how are you processing multiple bits of information? And again, Young aced it. And CJ Stroud did very poorly. So now, is that indicative of a defense or whatever? Well, I don't know. I've never taken it. Neither of you. Who's to say? However, like in the last eight years of them doing this test, no quarterback who's ever scored lower than a 25, which for that test is basically a 50%, if it's out of 50, no quarterback that's ever scored below a 25 has ever, has even won Pro Bowl to their name. Right. Like not even once, not even one time. Now it's only, it's not like it's the last 50 years. It's only the last eight. But I don't know. That's a pretty telling stat, at least for the last eight years. That wow, like you could think maybe you found the anomaly, but I don't know if, if stats has told us anything. Maybe not. Right now, I don't think that that makes it like major league baseball. But it seems like that that type of stuff's kind of creeping into everything we do here as the information just, becomes available to us. I just don't think it's going to be anywhere near like that level because sure, it, I don't. I, there's just not a. It's not that there's not enough. It's just like at some point you either go out and you win football games or you don't like as a quarterback, like mm-hmm. you put up stats and win or you don't. And you can like, you, you can see it, right? Like you can see the guys that can do it and the guys that can't. 
it's one of the interesting reasons why like the debate about Tua is so interesting to me because there are a large sect of people. Most of them are not Miami fans who would say <laughs> he's limited. He has like, there, there are things he does not do great. There are things that will hold him back from being an upper tier quarterback, like a top five guy. You know, when you talk f- top five, I don't think you're ever going to hear two in that conversation. He's not even top five in the AFC. He's, <laughs> Let alone he's in the NFL. top four in the AFC East. Get it? Get wah, it? Wah. Okay. He's number three. He's better than Mac Jones. I have no problem. As a McCorkle. Bills fan, I have no issue saying he's we better our, than Mac Jones. We have our first talking shit about McCorkle. Of, Actually, of although, you know what? I, I say that, and I'm not sure that's a fair comparison. Because if Mac Jones okay, was playing yeah, with yeah. Hill and Waddle and Gesicki and all those, I'm like, I, you know what? I, maybe Tool would struggle in New England. I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, would, I would think so. I think you give anybody those weapons and they would look real good. Yeah, and that's like... You that's that's my favorite part of that conversation. Who's better? I don't know if you put like who's better Tua or Josh. I don't know, man. You put Josh in that offense. He he would throw for 6,000. I mean, it would just be unbelievable. Yeah, like where he could literally check down and instead of it being checked down for a three yard catch and a two yard fall forward, it's a three yard check down for a 60 yard home run. Sure. Great. Awesome. Love it. Then he can just heave one up that weird Hill wouldn't have to come back for. <laughs> he could just catch it in stride and go well, every every time that happens. They're like, oh, 45 yard touchdown to Tyree Kill. And then all the Miami Dolphins fans go, see, we told you he had an arm. And I'm like, you saw him stop, right? Tyree Kill had to stop and wait for the Tyreek ball. And then run it. you saw that, right? And turn and ran backwards. <laughs> right. I'm like, we saw that. We saw the same video, right? We're both picking up the same piece of information. Like, like, oh, like, oh. Two is better than Herbert. Two is better than Herbert. Switch them. Put Herbert on the Dolphins. I want to cry. As a Bills fan, I would want to cry. Again, and, and now see, like, that's one of those things that I think has been around football for a long time. You know, like Joe Burrow going, oh, I'm going to cry over my small hand size. Or, you know, me and my small hands are going to go home or whatever because right. they, they didn't measure the right way. Or, uh, again, the smallness of Bryce Young. People brought up his size. Like, the entire pre-draft process, like, nobody talked about how good he was. That like his sophomore year in Alabama, he threw for almost 5,000 yards and like 48 touchdowns. They only play 14 games. Like it was just stupid, stupid numbers. He could not have been more dominant. And anytime you break a record at Alabama, it's a record. I mean, that's um, that's very, very difficult to do you, if you're breaking records you at Alabama. You could make the argument that the quarterbacking records at Alabama would be the easiest ones to break. Sure. I mean, but that, but that's really breaking it. He right. didn't throw for like 3,100 yards, and you went, oh, you broke the Alabama record. He threw for 5,000 yards. But if he broke it, he broke it by 2,000 yards if that's what happened. But and shattered. everybody always talked about their shattered. right shattered. Curb stomped the damn thing. But but I, I'm this is one of those things that really I I do believe in as a, as a fan, as a non-NFL you know NFL GM. If I'm a betting man and I'm putting the history of the NFL like out there, if I'm drafting a quarterback, I'm drafting a 6'3", 220-pound guy, and then going from there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying like all those guys turn out to be good, but when like 28 of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL fit that build, and then I would say almost all of their backups. So really, like 56 out of, or right. you know, 60 out of 64 match that criteria. 
well, oh, well, what about Kyler? What about Tua? What about, I mean, that that's all fine. I'm not saying it's impossible. Drew Brees was barely six feet tall, and there's a strong argument to be made that he might have been the greatest quarterback anybody has ever seen. Correct. That he didn't have the rings as, as, as Tom Brady did, or maybe he wasn't as cerebral as, as Peyton Manning, whatever. Drew Brees was unfriggin' believable for had the, like... Had the stats to go right up there uh, with him. Right. It, just insane. So... Is it necessary to have height? No. I mean, is it impossible if you do? No. I, but you're you're looking at statistical outliers. You're not looking I, at the norm. And again, if I'm Drew, doing Drew it, this is the anomaly in that. Brady is six two. Peyton is six three. No, I'd six five. They're both. They're five. both tall. They're six five. Yeah, Matt Ryan was six five. I mean, all Pey- of them. Pey- like Pey- forehead is six three. <laughs> you're right. He's memorized every play he's ever gotten. That's why his forehead just kept going vertical. He's just adding more to his brain. Yeah, his hairline didn't go back. His head got bigger. It's weird. Right. Right. But, but like this, uh, thing. and I, I agree with you. You know, and you then you look at like guys like Kyler Murray, and if you're gonna be like, and that's the thing we talk about all the time. You know, I, I talk about this on tip of the cap. I talk about it with my athletes all the time. If you have two athletes that are equal in every way, shape or form, the stronger athletes going to win. It's easier to be stronger when you're bigger, right? Living proof. I am accidentally stronger than a lot of people. I know I'm intentionally stronger than a lot more. There's a difference there. Right. And and I'm, and I'm hoping by my, my assumptions and my, maybe my, my, player my opinion on it, my draft bias whatever you want to call it i'm hoping i'm wrong right. because i want carolina in the nfc to have a good quarterback that they got first overall and i don't want another great quarterback that plays for houston to be in the afc we friggin' have enough of them we don't need any more kidding but based on how i feel about quarterbacks cj stroud is going to wind up being the good one and bryce young's not going to be great he could be an outlier he could go with you know, Drew Brees and Kyler and be okay. He also could be Johnny Manziel. Do you, I mean, like all, all the talent in the world through beat Alabama in college, yada, yada, all fine. It was too small. It didn't work. He just, it didn't have it. It wasn't like, there. Like doing blow off hookers in Vegas. Well, you know, that probably didn't help. Skip like slept into the man in camp, showed up hungover. Like, yeah. <laughs> so, now, I mean, he's a, he's a, certainly a better person. Yes. than Johnny Manziel at, at was. At least we hope so. Right. John, Johnny football as a freshman and sophomore, I was like, yeah. And then like near the end of his, fre- like, you know, started pulling this move, you know, the money thing and, you know, whatever. And then he well, turned- that must have be a thing with, I don't know, because Baker was like, you know, grabbing his crotch and <laughs> like just spiking the sword. And whatever. that was, was a- you know, that was, you know, he, he felt disrespected because like, like what they didn't shake his hand or whatever. Like he went to shake hands. They just like turned their back on him or whatever. And he was like, I don't know, okay, but then I- he hung like four or five touchdowns on yeah. him. I was like, well, okay. Yeah, and then basically hold a swing on these. And I love that. Like, listen, the the fiery competitor thing, I'm in. The pound your chest, and it's a little bit different. But uh, that's going to about wrap it up for this episode of Hat Stats and Stats. Oh. Yeah, no, dude, we've been going for (laughs) over an hour at this point. So that doesn't uh, happen with us. Never. Remember when I said I didn't have a plan for this episode? Here we are. Episode. I knew knew we'd get there. I knew there'd be a finish line. I knew we'd get there. Eventually, right? So at some point, we got to go and hang out with the significant others and do other cool stuff. But. Yeah, the uh, thanks for tuning in, guys. Hat Stats and Stats, part of the BACBP Radio Network. Check us out online, BACBP-radio.com. Like, follow, share, subscribe. Find us on social media, Hat Stats and Stats Podcast on Facebook, at HDS underscore pod on Instagram, Facebook, nope, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, this has been Hat Stats and Stats Podcast, a championship caliber pro sports podcast based in Buffalo, New York. I am EZD. Thanks for joining me, Stat Dad, a.k.a. Stat Man. Thanks, buddy. And, Pleasure. Uh, 
yeah we'll uh we'll see if we can do this a little bit more regularly now that things have slowed down for the two of us i like it i like it i'm on board all right well thanks for tuning in guys we'll catch you next week